Welcome to the Tech and Main Presents Podcast with your host, Sean St. Hill. Sean is the CEO of Tech and Main, a technology consulting firm in Atlanta, Georgia. Listen in as thought leaders share their tips and insights about what's going on in the world of technology. And now, here's your host, Sean St. Hill. Okay. Well, Nick, I love that answer. And um, actually, what we'll do is for this next question, we'll stick with you, um, but this will be open to everyone. Nick, what are your personal growth plans? Personal growth plans within the cybersecurity world, definitely just to get more into it. I, I feel this program gave me a good foot in the door, gave me great vocabulary to work with, but in a field, in an industry that's changing faster than I could probably learn. <laughs> I think my biggest goal within it is just to learn as much as I can that's applicable because you can learn a million languages and never have to use them, but mm. I'd rather learn, you know, skills that I can apply within the field. Okay. Great answer. Uh, Teresa, we'll go to you. What are your personal growth plans? I like to stay in GRC and master all these <laughs> cybersecurity frameworks and also help some people <laughs> get into GRC. I've been inspired by Janai and Melissa, and that's what I want to do too. Okay, great answer. Uh, Kim, how about you as far as personal growth plans? For me, I definitely want to hone in on my leadership skills and really work on just being that person for people and helping with the ladder up and, and sending it back down and helping people like kind of like Melissa finding their niche and and what they what brings them mixing what brings them passion to what really like drives them forward and work um so i think that's it for me okay great well thank you for sharing that melissa how about you and your personal growth plans Ah, let me take myself off mute. <laughs> well, um, Janai and I are in the process of establishing Nexuso as a nonprofit, um, which is very, very exciting. So, yeah, that, I mean, if we can get this off the ground, and I think we can, I think that we are a great case study in that this works. Yeah, that, that's the thing that we're focused on right now, and it's pretty exciting. No, I, I think that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's like with anything, right? It's proof of concept, right? Does this work when we release it out into the wild? Is it sustainable? And the answer is a resounding yes. So, um, yeah, I, I, I love that. Um, Evan, how about you and your personal growth plans? Um, I mean, I think, you know, short term for me, um, getting into the field, I think I have always been like this in my life, in my career, but I think learning as much as I can in, you know, in my early stages of the career about different aspects of it, because ultimately you're going to work with people and teams as part of a larger security structure. And if you don't understand and appreciate the roles that everyone plays and the talents they bring, I, I, you're probably not going to be all that successful. But long term, I mean, I really want to echo what I think Kim and Teresa said, and and I think what is the foundational value for Janai and Melissa as part of this program. It's the thing, the one thing they asked us is we're going to empower you with all this knowledge. We're going to empower you with opportunities. When you go out and you make a success of yourself in the, in your career, we want to see you pay that forward. And that's, 
honestly, to me, that's the real goal. Because if I'm in a position at some point to be able to pay this forward, it means I succeeded, right? That I'm now able to turn around and give that opportunity back to somebody. And all of us on the call, all we ever needed was an opportunity. All we needed was somebody to give us a chance, to give us that first step into the door. That is what Janai and Melissa have done for us. So I want to be in the position one day to do that for many other people, right? Make it make it that pyramid that it's me, I'm one person, but if I pay it forward to five people, 10 people, and they all do it, now we are really looking at having real systemic change over the long term. Evan, that is not oh Nick, go ahead. Oh, I didn't know. I was just like snap to that. She she made the nail on the head. Yeah, she she did. She knocked the uh cover off of the proverbial ball um, with that, because what you just talked about, Evan, solves the monoculture that Janai was talking about earlier, right? If we have a culture of beautiful people of all shades and hues that are paying it forward, you, you eliminate monoculture, right? Because you, you start to... Um, and, and Evan, you even talked about kind of growing up and, you know, once you got to, I think it was high school, that groupthink environment, that monoculture, again, that's, that's something that every day, if you're paying it forward, you get to see less and less of that groupthink and that, that monoculture. So love your answer. Miss and I, what are your personal growth plans? Let me go back to uh, the steel mills. So when you looked back and say, like, for instance, like the 1960s, the 1970s in the Midwest, when they talked about the steel mills, uh, the steel mills were a place where when you graduated from high school, you could get a job and you could get a good paying job and you can get benefits. And I want with Melissa and everybody here as part of the class to be able to build a program that allows people to graduate from high school and get a job, a good paying job with benefits in the world of cybersecurity. Oh, that's that's awesome. So, Denai, when you talk about Gary, Indiana, before we moved to Atlanta, we lived in Chicago, right? And so Gary's basically kind of a south suburb of Chicago, in the sense, you know, it's just kind of right there. And so I remember like driving back and forth when we would go visit friends in Nashville, you know, you'd have to come back up and not just Gary, but a lot of those Midwestern towns, you know, they were built on industry, steel mills, manufacturing. And so it is it is very appropriate that you keep highlighting that fourth industrial revolution. You don't want to be left behind. Right. And it's programs like Next CISO that will help people not get left behind. So, um, yeah, I'm just I'm enjoying all of this conversation. I'm getting some good vibes and some good feels off of this for sure. So. All right. Let's do this. So we're going to flip into the favorites questions. Let's see. Who are we going to start with for this one? Kim. We are going to start with you, and we're going to ask, what is your favorite musician, hobby, and vacation spot? Starting out with your favorite musician or band. Oh, gosh. Um, the music question always gets me. <laughs> um, I have a very weird, eclectic 
uh, taste. I can go from My Chemical Romance to Bad Bunny and enjoy that. <laughs> enjoy that switch. I told you, I really am flexible. I like changes and it kind of excites me. I guess right now we'll say uh, Bad Bunny has my heart. I'll go with him. I'll give the Puerto Rican some love okay. over here. <laughs> oh, Boricua, that's what's up. All right. That's good stuff. Um, how about a favorite hobby? Um, I'll sneak this one in here. I guess um, a lot of people don't know this, but I am a professional model as well. So that's something that I, I don't really, I wouldn't call it a hobby. I don't really want to call it that, but it's something I'm really passionate about. And self-empowerment, self-love, all of that is something I really try and push forward, not only with my HR hat, but also when I try and model it um, as well. Okay, great. And how about a favorite vacation spot? Yes, Puerto Rico. I'll give my ups to the Isla right now. I've been there a couple times and it's truly my favorite place to be. I remember experiencing, I'm from New York. I had never experienced warm water my whole life. And I went to PR for the first time when I was 19. And I stepped in that warm water and I was it was so magical. I, had, I was just like, this is nothing like Coney Island. <laughs> um, and it was just so lovely. The people are so beautiful and I truly feel at home there. Okay, great. Well, thank you for sharing that, Kim. Uh, Melissa, we'll go to you. And I think we, this is kind of a setup because uh, you alluded to it earlier. So your favorite musician, band, hobby, and vacation spot. Okay. <laughs> so, um... I love, there's not much music that I don't love. I just love music. I love opera because I studied it and I still sing it sometimes. So I love classic Leontine Price, Black mezzo-soprano, soprano, height of her career in the 60s. She is like the quintessential soprano. If you have not listened to Leontine Price, do yourself a favor and listen to her. Love her, classic. There's a new singer actually named Janai Bridges. Um, I've shown videos of her. She's a mezzo that is an up and comer now in her career, but she has an incredible voice. Love her. There was a viral video that went viral on, on Facebook. And so people kind of know who she is now because of that. And I love it. There is a, a singer from LA. They call her, they classify her as folk, but you can't really classify her. Her name is uh, Jenna Bell. And she is so versatile. She's got an incredible voice. She um, is a musician. She plays her own instruments. So another person, if you don't know who that is, look her up. But those are the things, Those that's the kind of music I like. I toggle between a bunch of different things, but I love singer-songwriter and I love opera. Um, so those are my favorites there. Favorite vacation. Gosh, this is hard. Um, and because I am a person that wants to see the whole world, so <laughs> I don't like going back to the same place twice because that means that I have missed an opportunity to see another place. Um, but I did go to uh, Barcelona recently and it was incredible. Um, just seeing all of the architecture from Gaudi was amazing. The culture there was incredible. So I had a great time. And that might be a place I'd be willing to go back to. And, and what was the third? Uh, hobby, your, your hobby. favorite hobby. Well, Singing. I, I sing. <laughs> I spend enough time studying it that I do still love to do that in my free time. So. Okay. Well, great. Well, Melissa, thank you for sharing that. Uh, Teresa, let's have you share your favorite musician or band. Um, my 
favorite band is a Spanish band. You guys probably don't know it. It's kind of indie and it's called Soy. Um, but <laughs> if I want to choose someone from here, maybe uh, Amy Winehouse. Okay. And what was the other question? Hobby. Uh, your favorite hobby and then your favorite vacation spot. Probably will be hiking and watching sunsets. Um, and vacation spot. <laughs> Actually, I've been to 12 countries as well. Like Melissa, I like to travel a lot. I'm more than 20 cities. But I keep coming back to where I was born and raised. Um, it's always great to... <laughs> This experience the culture again. So Mexico. Okay. Yeah. Like, uh, what's what's that famous line? Um, There's no place like home, right? So yes, that's good stuff. All right, Evan. How about you for favorites? Um, favorite musician, favorite hobby, favorite vacation spot. Um, well, like a lot of people on the the have said, um, hard to pick because I'm very eclectic in my choices, and I like a lot of different different artists but I think when it comes down to like the desert island who would you listen to it's Stevie Wonder for me there's never there's never a mood you're in that Stevie Wonder isn't isn't the right choice because he'll hit all moods I can still be brought to tears by his voice sometimes so for me it's, it's Stevie Wonder in terms of hobbies I don't think this will surprise anybody on the call since I'm type A plus. It's cleaning. I actually love organizing closets. I do it like on the side for friends. I geek out on it. I don't know why. It's just my thing. Outside of that, probably reading. When I have time to myself, I can read like a book a week. Um, And it's just because I love to learn. I'm an information gatherer. In terms of favorite vacation spot, I I do echo Melissa and like I want to go everywhere. I want to visit all seven continents. I want to see every place I can see, but there is a place I return to like once every year or two. It's ancestral home for me, but it's New Orleans. And I, my family calls me a New Orleans addict. Like it is the epicenter of everything that I love, food, culture, music, art, like all of it. And that is a place that if I couldn't live in Oakland, I would live in New Orleans. That's good stuff. Um, so, yeah, you talk about Stevie Wonder. Yeah, he's he's one of my favorites, too. Um, there's a song that he has, um, Never In Your Son, that I just absolutely love. Um, I mean, I won't sing it for you, but yeah, Stevie's good. All right. So, um Denai, we will now swing over to you and ask you for your favorites, favorite musician, favorite hobby, and favorite place to vacation. Sure. Okay, so I'm going to show my age. (laughs) So I've got a couple, and I am like a child of 80s and 90s R&D. And so it's a combination of uh, Mint Condition and Jodeci are going to be my two favorite. Yeah. But if I had to roll with rock, then it, it has to be the band Chicago. Um, so those are the three where if like any song they play, I'm going to stop. I'm going to sing. I'm going to dance. Um, I'm there for it. In terms of my favorite place to vacation. Uh, so the Mojave Desert. I'm a burner, was a fire performer for over 15 years. 
Uh, and so I have a very, very strong relationship with deserts. So uh, I have been to almost every square inch of the Mojave Desert. And there's something, uh, you know, for me, very grounding and spiritual and about being in deserts. So um, I would I would have to say, I've, and I've been to most, uh, many of them, but uh, yeah, the Mojave Desert, I think is one of my favorite places. But if I had to go outside of the United States, then Italy was, was breathtaking. Uh, so we've got that. And then hobby. I do medieval studies. And so uh, for many years, actually, since the time I was a child, I've uh, dealt with plants and healing. So the combination of that and then some of the medieval, medieval sciences, uh, I essentially reverse engineer, you know, 13th and 14th century recipes or pharmaceuticals, uh, you know, to create healing plants and, and recipes. So I do that. And then I, um, I have the weapon spider. So I dress up in the whole armor and I fight because I like to fight and I, I do archery as well. So I think those are kind of my things and I own a farm, you know, so uh, all the stuff that goes with the farm and a ranch, uh, you know, is, is, is up in there as well. Larp, there's LARPing and then there's what I do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, LARP. no LARP. We are like hardcore, um, you know, so yeah. Re- yes. Yes. yes I real, very real swords. When I met Janai, she had a sword. I was carrying a sword through downtown yeah. San Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't know if I should be impressed or scared, Janai. Or maybe some combination of the both. two. Both. Okay, both. Okay, we'll go with both. Okay, right. Very impressed and very scared all at the same time. Um, all right. So, my man, Nick, um, how about you for favorite musician, favorite hobby, and... Favorite vacation spot? All right. So for favorite musician, I'd, I'd have to say, I'd have to give two. One being John Legend, amazing voice, amazing producer, amazing pianist, and amazing performer. Like to, to be able to perform live and his in-studio stuff, both beautiful. Now my other artist, uh, I would, it, it's different because I would say Louis Vega, he's, he's a DJ. He's a house music DJ. He's from the 70s or 80s, I'd say. Um, so he's worked in house, disco, funk. He has a salsa band of his own that's separate. But yeah, he's very big on the keeping dance alive. And the reason he's a favorite, despite not being a safe time to have parties, he still hosted outdoor events during the pandemic when people were depressed and had nowhere to dance. And this guy's, I, I think he might be like 50 or 60 years old. <laughs> And he he loves what he does, so that's that's definitely why he's a favorite musician. And I can't not call him a musician, especially because using different records is they they are his instruments. So that's that's right there. Favorite hobby. So since I already spoke about my dance as my career, I can definitely say cycling. I love biking, and living in New York City, it's a very full city. So getting around driving is rough, but biking allows me to get places faster, see more sides of the city that you wouldn't see if you're in a tunnel, in a train, or you know if you're driving on the road. And keeps me in shape and keeps my legs warmed for dancing. <laughs> Imagine you have to go to your rehearsal, bike there for two hours or an hour, and then dance. Yeah, you're warmed up. <laughs> um, and then favorite vacation spot? I would say Amsterdam. Amsterdam was a very happy country uh, city sorry 
the reason I was there was for music. They, they have a big dance uh, event called Summer Dance Forever. But there's just so many artists there, so many free thinkers. And it, it seemed even more so coming from New York to, and going to Amsterdam, having conversations with the locals, you can tell that having a government that gives you education and free health care can change your entire personality and outlook. <laughs> so, yeah, that's why it was a favorite place. It was just a happier, dancier, bike-friendlier place. Okay. Awesome. Well, hey, Nick, we're going to stick with you as we roll into this next question. What teacher at any level would you say has had the most impact on you? Oof. Uh, honestly, the, I, I can definitely say my biggest teachers, and, and as small as their appearances in my life have been, it's definitely the 45 to 65-year-olds that I run into whenever I go to house music events. Um, it's just seeing someone that age move as they do. And, and when I say I go to house music events, I'm talking about a DJ with, you know, two six foot speakers and just people dancing, like not, not, you know, what you would see in a rave in a movie or something. So I'm around people that are like, what are you doing here, young cat? What do you know about this music? But the one piece of advice that I can say I've gotten commonly between so many of them is to stay young and keep learning and keep growing. And that's one thing I can do in dance. You know, dance keeps you young, but you can also keep learning about dance. So it's it's just the path of growing involves doing something. So when it comes to growing and staying young, their advice is can simply be translated as keep on doing it. Like don't stagnate. And that that just showed, you know, seeing them young forever, not obviously not forever, but seeing a 65 year old, you know, do a handstand and jump and squat down, it, it can be translated into any type of skill, you know, just keep using it, keep applying it. And it's going to be a fun growth process. Oh, that's that's a great answer, Nick. All right. Teresa, how about you? What teacher at any level would you say has had the most impact on you? Well, of course, <laughs> Janai and Melissa. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, a teacher once told me that to find a role model to like someone I look up to with admiration and because they have achieved, uh, achieved the success success that I want to achieve one day. And when I think of that, I think of Janai and Melissa. But also my dad, he has taught me a lot of hard work and <laughs> he always supports me. And he allowed me to be in this apprenticeship too. And yeah, my dad, Janai, and Melissa. <laughs> oh, love, love that answer. All right. So, Janai, we're, we're going to go to you. Who would you say has taught you the most or had the most impact on you? Oh, I'm going to have to echo uh, today's. That was my dad. Uh, you know, when I look at uh, his life and his struggles and what he was able to accomplish and overcome and help uh, raise four kids um, into what we've become, you know, my dad was this amazing storyteller. He could make the most rote thing, you know, interesting and inspirational. So when I think of uh, the quotes that I, I use, when I think of uh, the way he taught us to treat people, my dad had us uh, look in the mirror 
and say, I love you. He made us tell ourselves we love ourselves because he said, especially as, as women, we tend to tear ourselves down. And we don't oftentimes, we'll say, I love you to everybody else other than ourselves. And so he, he taught us to do that, how to treat people with love and kindness. And then again, to echo what today says, to talk about hard, hard work, toil. <laughs> But I think one of the greatest things that he taught us is is to laugh, laugh, uh, laughing and humor disarms rage. Uh, And so if you can be at the worst, and I'm telling you in the world of cybersecurity, you can get to some bad places. If you can just take a step back and smile and say, not today, day of death, and then move on and fight, there's there's a lot you can do in life. And so his sense of humor is is something that uh, he he gave all of us and it it ultimately means the world. But yeah, yeah. And, And teaching, he taught us that we all stand on the shoulders of giants. Um, not a single one of us got here on our own. We did not pick ourselves up by the bootstraps. All had somebody who reached out and who helped us. And it's our moral obligation. It's what makes us human is to reach out to somebody else, to share everything that you know, and to help uplift that person and the people around you. And so, yeah, my dad taught me that. Oh, Jenna, that's that's good stuff. It's funny. There's a guy that I was talking to yesterday. He is hosting a virtual conference. We'd gotten connected through a mutual friend, had a great conversation. And he's like, hey, for the conference, can you send over like a bio and a picture and um, tell me what your fee is? And I said, well, I can do the first two. I said, but why are we talking about a fee? I said, what's that for? And he's like, oh, well, you know, we want to give you an honorarium. I said, are you, is that, is that, what the other speakers are doing? He's like, well, yeah. I said, well, yeah, you, you don't have to worry about that. You can just put a zero next to that. I said, everything that I've been given was given to me freely, right? Starting my own business, my career. I mean, I've, I've had people pour into me. What do I look like saying, yeah, I won't come do this event unless you pay me? That's why we keep the, the podcast free. If someone were to approach Corey Thomas of Rapid7 and say, hey, Corey, you know, will you come and share what's going on? There's probably a paid event for that, right? Or you can just listen to this podcast in a couple of weeks and you'll hear Corey Thomas's episode. And the former vice chairman of AT&T, you could probably pay to go to a conference and hear him speak. Or you can listen to the episode that we put out two weeks ago. It's like, that's, that's what we're here to do. I mean, I, I love what your dad taught you, Janai. It's like, yeah, we, we do stand on the shoulders of giants, right? And how dare we take what we've been given and then try to assess a dollar value or assign a dollar value to it and make people pay you know, to get that information. Gary V, one of the things that I love about him, he says, give away your best stuff. Just give it away best tips, your best insights, like just like give it away. If the universe will find a way to compensate you for what it is you're sharing and what you're doing. And that's it for me. Okay. So Kim, I think you're next. And we will ask you what teacher has made the most impact on you? Yeah. So if you meet me now, uh, you likely would not expect that I was a very, very shy, quiet child. And I just would go to school, 
do my homework, go home. Like, and that was it. And I had a guidance counselor in about fifth grade or so named Miss Garfield. I'll never forget her. She brought me into her office one day because I used to go to her every week. And she brought me into her office one day and she said, I've heard there's this program called Prep for Prep. It's a leadership program specifically for students of color to help you advance you in your education and help you get you into uh, private schools and ultimately help you get into college. And that was something that was never even an idea for me. I would be the first person in my family to go to college. If it honestly was not for Ms. Garfield, truly, like seeing that potential in me and pushing me and saying that I was worth more than what I thought I was. And I will forever love Ms. Garfield. (laughs) Oh, shout out to Ms. Garfield. That's what's up. All right, Evan, how about you? I've been thinking about it as I've been listening to all the other responses. And I think for me, it's really hard to pick a single person because I've been very blessed in my life that at every level I've had, you know, a teacher, a guidance counselor, a mentor, even like friends and family who have imparted wisdom onto me in something. And what I have really come to realize is that those moments happen a lot more frequently than you realize if you are surrounding yourself with the right people. I learn something every day from the people that I am around. And Next CISO definitely highlighted that for me, right? It, it kind of gave me that revelation of like, man, if you just listen and open your mind a little bit, there are people around you in every walk of life who are going to impart wisdom on you. And it's not just the person who's leading the class, right? And so I I don't know why it just hit me in the middle of my 30s, but I'm learning something every day from the people I have around me. They're all teaching me. I can't can't pick one because I'm flushed with people right now who are just in basic things they're saying, causing me to think every day. Oh, great answer, Evan. Love that. All right, Melissa, how about you? Okay, so I have three teachers who have been pivotal in my life. The first one was when I was in the sixth grade. She was my course teacher. Her name was Alice Hamill. And she's the one that was like, you know what? You're really talented. You could do something with this. She ended up being a voice teacher for me in high school and helped me get into college. Um, But she really helped me build that confidence and find that passion. And then when I went to college, I was given a voice teacher named Sonia Baker. Still connected with her, still love her. She taught me the importance of honing your craft. You know, it's funny. I love to say that, you know, studying opera, useless degree, but it taught me a lot. And I think that it's the reason that I've been so successful is because I learned from her the importance of honing your craft, whether that's HR, whether that's singing, you know, whether that's piano, whatever it is that you're doing, like there's an importance to, to honing that and getting really good at it. And the third teacher is Janai (laughs) because, um, There's a lot that I've learned in my professional career, but working with her, she made me think very differently in a way, she pushed me in a way that I had not been pushed before. And I'm just, I just feel blessed that our paths crossed and we're friends for life now. So um, I'm just grateful. You're gonna make me cry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's, um, 
Yeah, there's there's just a this, yeah, there's a lot to doing an episode like this because I mean there's just so much love and appreciation and admiration um, and the stories are amazing and so you know thank you for honoring us by being so willing to share. All right, Melissa, we're going to stick with you for this last question, and that is we're going to jump in the time machine, and we are going to go back to 18-year-old Melissa. What advice is the Melissa of today going to give her 18-year-old self? Oh, my gosh. Um, I think the advice that I would give to 18-year-old Melissa was to trust yourself, trust your abilities. Don't let other people talk you out of that like trust in yourself, know that you're good and worth worthy and then to hold boundaries. Like I know, uh, I mean, I see this in HR women, people of color are just they, their confidence is chipped away at by all of these microaggressions that happen in the workplace and know your worth, trust yourself, hold those boundaries. Don't let people do that to you. I honestly wish that I could tell that to 18-year-old Melissa because it took me a really long time to learn that well into my 30s. So, no, great answer. Thank you for sharing that, Melissa. All right, Evan, we'll ask you the same question. What advice would you give 18-year-old Evan? I think it's a little bit along the lines of what Melissa said, which is like, don't listen to the people who are telling you you can't or you're not good enough or are tearing you down in their passive aggressive ways. Um, listen to the people around you who are telling you you can do it because you already have that inner voice that is saying all those negative things to you, right? You have that with you. You carry that with you. Let the people around you surround yourself with people who will build you up on your worst days because that's how you're going to get and move forward. And I wish I had known that when I was 18. And I hope if there's any 18 year olds who listen to this, that's, that's something they take with them because like, listen to the people who champion you. You don't have 50 people telling you, I like you for these reasons for nothing. You know? Great answer, Evan. Love that answer. Um, Kim, how about you and what you would tell your 18-year-old self? Um, I would definitely have to echo boundaries um, and also remind myself that my first ever word that I ever vocalized was no. And it is okay to say no. <laughs> um, a lot of my parents' friends joke uh, and they still call me no because I was so vicious about it. Like that was the only word I would ever say. People, like you would say, Kim, how's your day? How are you today? And I would say no. So I want to go back to that and really take care of your inner child and, and self-soothe because at the end of the day, as Mama Ru says, if you don't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love anyone else? And Kim, that is a whole fact. That is a whole fact for sure. All right. Janai, we are going to go back to your 18-year-old self. What advice do you have for 18-year-old Janai? <laughs> There's so much. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, it's a bit of a hellraiser. Uh, so I think for me, it is be comfortable with failure. I have no problems taking risks, ridiculous risks. But at the same time, uh, I was not comfortable with failing. 
And so what that did is that drove me into driving myself too hard, driving the people around me too hard. If I, if I had been okay and really understood and been able to diagnose what this fear of failure is, there was this moment where one of my, uh, he, he used to work for me, his name is Reza Zahiri. And Reza is now a chief information security officer. I'm so proud of him. I was like, if I just do this, then I'll be able to make it in terms of this part of like my growth plan, my career and da, 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 da. And he was like, you need to stop. You've, you've, who are you trying to prove anything to? Um, You know, you've, you've, uh, you've made it. I didn't realize the effect that being a woman in cybersecurity, especially kind of at the beginning parts of some of this industry, I I didn't realize kind of like the burdens I had been carrying with myself, uh, you know, the harm that I had done to myself as a result of it. So yeah, be cool with failure. It's okay to make a mistake. It's how you um, recover from that mistake. At the end of the day, I'll end on this one, communicating your weaknesses and communicating failure to people doesn't make them want to turn away from you. It makes them want to connect to you, be vulnerable, and be okay with failure resilience. Oh, love that answer. You know, I think about, um, so we're recording this during the middle of the Olympics, and, you know, Simone Biles, probably the most famous gymnast of all time was dealing with some things and there were a few events where she had to step away and people were saying oh well mental toughness and you know what's going on and it's so interesting because you could tell she didn't want to go into too much detail right and she shouldn't have had to but it started to come out that one of the things she was dealing with was the death of a loved one right her aunt had passed away. She was dealing with, I think they call it twisties. You know, as a gymnast, your sense of orientation, if you're doing a flip or some movement and you can't land properly, um, newsflash, that's dangerous. So these were some of the things that she was dealing with. And people were like, well, you know, you should just compete, right? You could have become, you know, the most decorated gymnast in history. And she said, like, that's not important. So I love the fact that Simone Biles was okay with not being okay, right? And Janai, that's that's exactly what you're talking about, being vulnerable, being open. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. And, and we need more of that, frankly. And look at what happened when she did. Uh, all of a sudden, all of these stories that people had about pushing themselves too hard, doing things to cause damage to themselves and others as well, because then you teach people that no pain, no gain, that you cannot make a mistake, you cannot fail. And it's ridiculous. Not a single scientific discovery has ever happened without failure. Uh, you know, so <laughs> the evolution of our species is predicated on learning from failure and then teaching others about those failures. That's what makes us human. This weirdness that we've gotten, especially over this last century about not failing is dangerous. And, and I'm here to say I've hurt myself and I've hurt others because of that. And like that abuse needs to stop. That's another whole fact right there as well. So tonight, again, thank you for sharing and being vulnerable. Teresa. How about you and your 18-year-old self? What advice do you have for 18-year-old Teresa? Um, to put myself out of my comfort zone. Uh, when I started the program, I was very shy, and I've been always hiding in my comfort zone. And now I've learned that it's where you grow out of your comfort zone. And yeah, I will tell her that. <laughs> okay, 
great advice. And Nick, how about you going back and talking to 18-year-old Nick? That the year that I was went away to go to college, that was a very transitional period in life. But I think the one thing I would definitely tell 18-year-old Nick was more so to keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> as different as that might sound uh, from other advice, it's just I think at, at that age of 18, I went to college because my mom was like, you need to go to college because parents are telling us that's how you'll be successful. My mom was a nurse, so I went to college with the hopes of studying biology to come out as a doctor or as a nurse in the medical field. But while I was in college, all the other subjects and not just academic subjects, but interacting with other people my age, interacting with professors, being on organized teams, being on organizations on campus. It's like looking back at that time, keep doing you, keep doing what you're doing, explore, don't pigeonhole into being a pre-med kid. Don't pigeonhole into just being a dancer. Like keep exploring. And I, I think I think that my favorite advice to go back to the teacher question, <laughs> although she wasn't my teacher, Miss Frizzle. I don't know, you know, the ages across this group, but anybody who's seen the magic school bus, Miss Frizzle kind to echo Janai was always telling people to explore, make mistakes, get messy, and that still applies. Oh, I I agree. Shout out to Miss Frizzle. There you go. Uh, <laughs> love it. All right. So family, we've come to the end of our time together. And dare I say this has been a blessing. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for everything that you shared. I love the fact that we've been able to, you know, kind of unpack not only the the next CISO program and the amazing program that it is, and I know the the five hundred one c three aspect. I mean, that's that's going to be fire, right? So, I mean, there's no denying that. But just four of the several graduates that have come through the program, right? I mean, this is just an amazing group, and I have hope, right? Not just for the ecosystem, but for I mean, I know. To some, it will sound hokey, but I have hope for humanity. There are good, decent people in the world, right? And, and this is an example of it. And I just really appreciate you guys. And thank you so much for taking the time to, to share and be with us. All right. So having said that, I want to go around and ask each of you to tell us the best way to stay in contact with you, any social media handles, websites, however you would like for folks to follow you. We'll, we'll start with um, Evan. So I'm on LinkedIn, Evan, um, LinkedIn, Evan Rochelle went and made that custom handle. <laughs> Thanks to Melissa and I. I'm not a huge social media person, gets back to that whole privacy oversharing thing for me. But um, yeah, I mean, you can, you can find me on LinkedIn and um, hit me up. Awesome. Melissa, What's the best way for people to uh, stay in contact with you? Definitely LinkedIn. Uh, luckily, there aren't too many Melissa Elzas on LinkedIn. Um, also, follow our Next CISO page. If you find me on LinkedIn, you'll find the Next CISO page. We have one on LinkedIn. That's a great way to keep in touch with us. Okay, great. Uh, Teresa, how can people stay in contact with you? Same on LinkedIn, Teresa Ramirez. <laughs> and also Instagram, if you guys want <laughs> Teresa Ramirez 255. Okay, awesome. Kim, how about you? So my LinkedIn is Kimberly Vivas, V as in victory, not an R. Um, 
and then my Instagram, if you want to follow my modeling trajectory and also get some love and self-love and maybe even some fitness and my dog, um, Kim Vivas underscore. That's me on Instagram. Okay. Nick, how can people stay in contact with you? Well, I'm also on LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me at Nicholas Brown. I'm also connected to the next CISO program, but you can also follow my dance world on my Instagram, uh, Brown. So B-A-I-L-A-L-O Brown. Uh, it literally translates into dance Brown and my last name is Brown. So. <laughs> okay. Awesome. And last, but certainly not least, Ms. Denai, how can people stay in contact with you? Uh, also through uh, LinkedIn. Uh, so my name is uh, Janai Marinkovic. So uh, J-E-N-A-I. Last name is Marinkovic, M-A-R-I-N-K-O-V-I-C. And I usually try and keep that pretty up to date. Okay. Awesome. Well, again, everyone, thank you so much for sharing, for participating, for just being super dope human beings. Um, I love you for that. And with that... Tech and Main presents audience, thank you as always for listening. And be sure to tune in next time when we will have another technology expert, or in this case, series of experts, share their wisdom. Goodbye for now. You've been listening to another episode of Tech and Main presents. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Don't forget to tell your friends. And thanks for being a part of the Tech and Main Presents community.